Thank you for downloading the Two Cities Church podcast, where we are pushing back darkness by spreading the good news of King Jesus. And now, here is this week's message from Pastor Jeff Struker. Hey, I'm going to be brief because I want you to be able to spend lots of time with family this Christmas day. We're going to do something a little bit unusual. This isn't the typical Christmas sermon. It's not coming from the typical Christmas passage in the Bible. We're going to look at the last couple of verses from John today. We're going to end our study through the book of John. And if you're thinking to yourself, you're just doing this because it's the last Sunday of the year and it's the last scriptures in the book of John, that's not true though it just happened by God's plan to work out that way, the reason why we're looking at the book of John and wrapping up this year on Christmas Day is because there is a gift, a beautiful, precious gift for you in these last couple of verses. It's a very powerful gift, and the application from what we're reading today, if you'll think about it, if you'll carry it with you, it really will change your life. See, let's go back in time just a little bit. Way back in the beginning, our first parents, Adam and Eve, had this perfect, this precious relationship with God. Nothing separated them. They were able to be in the presence of their father creator with no shame, no sin, no sickness, no suffering. And then our first father, Adam, sinned. He rebelled and did the one thing God commanded him not to do. And from that moment forward, not just Adam and Eve, but all of their descendants, all of humanity has been plunged into sin and we've been impacted by this separation from God. God didn't want to leave his children like that. So he made a promise way back in Genesis chapter 3, I'm going to fix what you did wrong, Adam. I'm going to restore what was destroyed, and I'm going to do it by sending a precious gift. And for thousands of years, since Adam and Eve were first kicked out of the Garden of Eden, for thousands of years, humanity has been waiting for God's deliverer, waiting for the one that can undo what was done wrong by our first parents. We've been waiting for thousands of years until the most unlikely of all circumstances, God selected a teenage girl way back in Jerusalem and decided to place the rescuer of humanity in her womb. She brought forth a son in obscurity and in humble circumstances, wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. And now humanity doesn't have to wait any longer. We've been waiting. We are the waiting ones. And now the gift of God has finally been revealed. I want you guys to direct your attention to this video as we prepare our hearts to hear from John chapter 21 today. We are the waiting ones, longing for the day to come when we are no longer waiting on the one who can save us from ourselves, waiting with bated breath for hope to reach out its hand from heaven and heal our helpless hearts, waiting for a light to spark, a light to dawn, a light to diffuse the dark weed drawn like curtains over our souls, waiting for the promise to unfold like a map leading us to the treasure of treasures so we can behold and believe, waiting for peace, 
to supersede our anxieties and flow like a river through a dry and weary land where there is no water waiting for the Father to see fit to find us in our pit, pining in our sin, the spiritual slum we lived in. But when the fullness of time had come, he sent forth his only Son, incarnate one, the manifestation of God in the flesh, the epitome of a promise kept. He left heaven's majesty so we no longer have to be waiting. The birth of a baby, a king, come to redeem the world he created. God, born in a borrowed stable, the light of man in a makeshift cradle. This is not a fable. The one whom we have waited for is here. Peer into the manger and behold him who welcomes the stranger and breaks the chains of every captive. Our maker, our savior, our master is here, casting our fear into the ocean of his love. Emmanuel, God with us, go shout it on the mountain, cause our waiting is done. When the angels first showed up on the scene, they went to some shepherds out in the fields and they made this proclamation, today is born for you in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And then they said, and this baby is for the peace of all humanity. And if you're not careful, you can miss how personal and local the Christmas story is by getting swept up in how global it is. And God's gift to you personally is the gift of redemption, the gift of salvation, but he actually has a gift for you, custom tailored for you, the gift for you as an individual. I want you to just remember that Christmas miracle was a gift for you individually. So would you just humor me for a second? I want you to say this out loud. God's gift is for me personally. Say that out loud. God gave a gift. That gift is for you personally. It's not just for all of humanity. It's a gift for you personally. And because he has a custom tailored gift for you personally, here's what I want you to see from the Bible today as we wrap up our study through the book of John. Jesus does not compare you to any other Christian on planet earth, anybody who's ever walked on planet earth. And a couple of you in the room right now should say hallelujah. Because if you were compared to somebody else, you'd feel like a miserable failure. Today, Peter is going to compare himself to John. And Jesus stops him right in the middle of it and says, Peter, I need you to stop focusing on somebody else. And I need you to just simply focus on you. Peter, you do you. Don't worry about what John is doing. And that was a gift that Jesus gave Peter after a very significant, very public failure. But I want you to hear that Jesus keeps doing that and Jesus' gift is to you personally. So please hear me, church. Don't compare yourself to someone else. You see, it's dangerous to your soul 
to compare your soul with somebody else's soul, to compare your faith to somebody else's faith. And when Christians do that, they get themselves in trouble. The only one that we should ever look to on planet Earth when we're thinking about our soul is the perfect example, God's sinless son. The only one that we should ever look to is Jesus. Peter needed to learn that lesson all over again. So what we're going to hear now is Jesus' final words to Peter, John chapter 21, and we're going to start in verse 20, and this is the conversation that Jesus has on the beach with Peter right before the, John wraps this book up for us. So Peter turned around and saw the disciple Jesus loved following them. The one, this is Peter's description of John, the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper, and Peter asked... Lord, or, or, and John asked, Lord, who is the one who's going to betray you? This is how John describes himself. Peter and Jesus are talking. Peter looks and sees John, and Peter asks this question. When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? And here's Jesus' response. If I want him to remain until I come, Jesus answered, what is that to you, Peter? As for you, follow me. That's all you need to know, Peter. Don't worry about John. Don't worry about anybody else. You just worry about you, Peter, and follow me. So this rumor spread to the brothers and sisters that this disciple, that John, would not die. Yet Jesus didn't tell him that he would not die. But if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? Jesus' words to Peter are very simple. Peter, I need you to stop focusing on John, and I need you to focus on Peter. Peter, I need you to do right now what I called you to do when we first met. I called you to drop your nets, to leave the boats, and to follow me. Peter, stop focusing on John and just follow me. That's all you need to do. Don't compare yourself to somebody else, Peter. Just simply follow me. And I need you to hear that that's the way Jesus treats people to this day. He doesn't compare you to another Christian. He doesn't expect you to live up to somebody else's plan, somebody else's mission, somebody else's faith. He just expects you to do the best that you can do and to follow him personally and to follow him faithfully. That's all he's asking if you've been with us through the whole book of John, by now you can't miss it. There's this competition between Peter and John in this book. When John talks about Peter, he tends to make himself look a little bit better. Even to the very last verses, John tends to remind us that he's the one Jesus loved, that he's the one that's laying closer to Jesus at the Last Supper, that he's the one who didn't do what Peter did and publicly deny him. And when I read this little rivalry between Peter and John in the book that we're studying, it bums me out. I mean, I really want to look these two guys in the eyes and say, would you two grow up and start acting like adults? Why are you focused on John, Peter? And John, why do you feel the need to tell us that you're the one Jesus loved? Why do we have to even have this kind of language in the Bible right now? But thank God John recorded this conversation for us. Because this is Jesus' way of reminding Peter, 
You don't have to worry about John's life, John's path, John's focus. You just worry about you, Peter. And I think if the tables were turned, Jesus would be saying the same thing to John. John, why are you so focused on trying to one-up Peter? Just focus on you. That's all you need to worry about. And Peter, can I just remind you of something? And this is true for all of us in this room. Peter, you're having enough trouble focusing on you. Maybe you need to stop worrying about somebody else and just put your time and your energy focusing on your own soul. Because let's just be honest, Peter, you're not knocking the ball out of the park right now anyway. So perhaps you should just spend your time focusing on you. That's when Jesus asks Peter this question. I got a plan for John. And my plan for John is not my plan for you, Peter. So why are you so focused on my plan for John? You really just need to focus on my plan for you. And this is Jesus' gift to you right now, Christian. He's not expecting you to live up to what that super Christian in your neighborhood lives up to. He's not expecting you to do what that other guy or gal in your family or in your life group is doing. All he's expecting you to do is simply follow his path and live up to what he's called you to do. That's it. He's not asking for anything more, but he won't accept anything less from you. And apparently, Peter needed to be reminded of this all the way at the end. One of my favorite verses in the Bible comes from Jeremiah chapter 29. Chances are you've committed this one Bible verse to memory. Lots of people love to quote the, this verse and they love to focus on the end of this verse. I really like to focus on the beginning of the verse because in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, the Bible reminds us of this, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, plans for a future and a hope. We all love to hear the, I have good plans for you, welfare, future, hope. That's the plans that I have, right? All of us love that language. I love it. But what I love about this is this is God's way of reminding Jeremiah, stop worrying about the other prophets. Stop worrying about the priests. Stop worrying about the kings. Jeremiah, I have plans for two words, for you. And all you got to do, Jeremiah, is just simply follow my plans for you. I hope you didn't miss this from these verses that we just read. Peter took his attention off of Jesus when he started asking questions about John. In fact, in your home or in this room, do this for just a second. I want you to turn away and I want you to look at the back of the room. I want you to turn away from the TV. Just turn away for a second and look at the back of the room. There's no one or nothing back there. Okay, now you can turn back up here and look this way. Because what Peter just did, what the Bible tells us, is he turned away and looked at John. And did you notice that when Peter turned away, he turned away from Jesus so that he could focus on somebody else? And every time you start to compare yourself with somebody else, it forces you to turn away from Jesus and start to look at someone or something else. And that's where Christians start to get themselves in trouble. The moment that you turn away, it doesn't matter how good that thing is that you're looking for. The moment that you start to turn away, you start to get yourself into trouble. And Peter turned away and he started to look at John. And when he started to look at John, he took his eyes off of Jesus. 
And Jesus' reminder is, Peter, I have a path laid out for you. I have a path laid out for John too. My path for John is not my plan, my path for you, Peter. So all you got to do is just walk down the path that I've already laid out for you. That's all you got to do, Peter. But if you keep focusing on John, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get yourself off the path again, Peter. Don't make the same mistake twice by focusing your attention on someone or something other than me. Peter, remember back in the courtyard? Remember when you were following me? Remember when you were focused on me? And then that servant girl asked you, wait a second, aren't you one of his disciples? And you turned away from me and you focused on her. And that's when you started to get off track and you said, no, not me. I'm not one of his followers. And they kept asking you and you kept denying that you were one of my followers. It started the moment that you looked away. So Christian, I'm asking you, in fact, I'm begging you today, leave social media. Just delete the apps from your device. Stop watching the evening news. Don't even read the biographies of great saints of old if it's going to discourage you or distract you. Don't let anything take your attention off of Jesus because he doesn't compare you to other Christians. So why are you comparing yourself to other Christians? You see, here's the ultimate Christmas gift. God treats you like an individual. And every disciple is different. So God deals with all of us different from one another. Did you buy the exact same Christmas gift for absolutely everybody on your list this year? How many of you bought that Christmas gift? No, because all of us hate getting the exact same Christmas gift as everybody else, right? Like nobody gets the best gift. When we try to find one gift that fits everybody, the best Christmas gifts are very personal, very individual, and that's the way that God treats his people. That's the way Jesus treats disciples. His plan for us is to just simply testify to who he is and what he's done for us. That's all we're called to do. And he lays out a very personal, a very specific plan for us. Don't mistake the word personal for private. Although his plan for you is personal, although it's very specific, it's not private. All of us are called to do the same thing. We're just called to do it differently than one another. We're all called to testify to the truth. This is how the book of John ends. This is the disciple. I'm the one who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written down, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. John is saying, I followed his path. I did exactly what he had called me to do. I'm a disciple who followed him and became a fisher of men, and my job is to just simply testify. I have met the king of kings, and he radically changed me. And John is reminding us, I am doing what Jesus called me to do. I'm doing it the way he called me to do it. And by the way, Peter didn't do it this way. I'm just doing it the way that Jesus called me to do it. Because every disciple is different. So I'm supposed to walk my path not your path, and you're supposed to walk your path, not my path. 
Many churches, in fact, unfortunately, many Christians take this cooker cookie cutter approach to Christianity. This is the classic teddy bear Christmas cookie cutter. And when you smash this thing down into the dough and put it in the oven, every single cookie turns out the same. But when you fashion a cookie to look individual, to look personal, every cookie looks different. Every cookie is made from the same dough. Every cookie serves the same purpose. It just looks different they still accomplish the same mission. They just look a little bit different than the cookie before them or the cookie after them. And Jesus is dealing with disciples and he's treating them like individuals here. And John is saying, I'm doing what every disciple in all of human history is supposed to do. I'm just simply testifying to the truth. One of the reasons why we created basic training, why we lead you to step four of basic training, which was produce leaders, is to say, there's some very simple, some basic instructions that all Christians need to have. But the truth is, there's no cookie cutter approach to this. The way that you do it is probably going to be the way, it's probably going to be different than the way that your spouse, the way that your neighbor, the way that that person in your life group does it. And that's totally fine, as long as we're all on the same mission. Peter, I got a plan for you. Drop your nets, leave the boats, follow me. John and James were right next to Peter when that happened. John, I got a plan for you. Drop your nets, leave the boats, and follow me. But the way that you follow me, Peter, is going to be very different than the way that John follows me. Because every disciple is different. So every path is going to be a little bit different. And that is where the power, that's where the beauty of this passage comes in. I'm warning you, Christian. Be careful where you look. Because when you take your attention off of Jesus and start to look somewhere else, it might discourage you. It probably will start to disappoint you. And if you really don't want to get depressed by your life this year, stop focusing on somebody else. And just focus on the King of Kings, keeping your attention and your gaze on him. Don't worry about everybody else. Just focus on him. And if you will do that, you will accomplish what the great English, or the great American preacher Charles Finley said. He said, just focus on your own soul. No one else can do that for you. You focus your attention on your own soul. And don't worry about what anybody else can do. And by the way, nobody else can focus their attention on your soul. So all you got to do in 2023 is just focus your attention on your own soul and don't worry about John. Don't worry about Peter. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about that lady from your life group. Don't worry about somebody else in this church or in your family. Don't worry about them. Just focus on Jesus. And if you'll keep your time, your energy, your focus on him, everything else is going to turn out in the long run. I'm going to wrap this service up in just a few minutes with a prayer, a prayer for us, and then I've got a gift that I want our church to give to Pastor Troy as a way of saying thank you. But I put two next steps on the screens, and the first is for somebody who needs to be adopted into God's family for the first time. Somebody who needs to start walking that path with Jesus. Because you've been to church Maybe you prayed a prayer. 
Maybe you did a couple of religious things, gave some money, did something good for people, but you've never really been transformed by Jesus. And maybe the gift that you need to give God this Christmas is surrendering your soul to him totally and completely for the first time. For all the rest of us, this is what you can do for Jesus. What he's done for you cannot be repaid, but here's what you can do for you and for your faith this week. Just focus on your walk with Jesus and nothing else. Do that this day, do that this week, do that this coming year. And at the end of 2023, my guess is you'll be a lot more happy. You'll be a lot less frustrated with yourself or with your life than maybe you were at the beginning of this year. We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to stay in touch by joining our email list through the link in the show notes. Have a great week.